Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and you're joining me after the Raptors' Game 2 victory over the Brooklyn Nets, moving to 2-0 in the series between the second seed, the Raptors, and the seventh seed, the Brooklyn Nets, winning 104-99 to in a game that they trailed for most of the time, in a game that Fred Van Vliet was once again perhaps the Raptors' best player, continuing the trend where he is the Raptors' best player in the bubble, and I think having a great game, melding together that on-ball and off-ball type of play that he's known for, and especially that off-ball stuff when he's at his best, relocating, hitting those shots where he's working off of and forming up off of Pascal and Kyle. Usually Mark Gasol, but not in this game because Mark was particularly poor, and the Nets kind of built their defense around that principle, switching freely with Jared Allen. They've been a team this year, statistically, one of the heaviest drop schemes in the whole NBA. They love to drop with Allen. They love to drop with DeAndre Jordan. And it seemed like that scheme was always geared towards DeAndre Jordan rather than Allen because Allen is significantly more mobile. This time around, Allen switching a lot of stuff out on the perimeter, and if not switching, then hedging, definitely not dropping, and they just went with those switches so that they could get Allen off of Marcus Saul. And so he could just play this roaming type of defense. And Marcus Saul, a lot of the time, guarded by guys like Karis LeVert, like Garrett Temple, like Timothy Luau Cabarro. So not these big guys. And Mark finishing with zero points, a huge minus in this game, only played 17 minutes and was a huge. The, the Raptors just could not play with him on the floor. He stagnated a lot of what they wanted to do because they'd get stuck above the break, trying to feed it into him in the post. And once he'd get into the post, he was not doing a great job of forcing the issue either as a scorer or as a playmaker. And the Raptors basically just had to play from behind because they couldn't score initially. And off the start, the Nets came out. They almost burned the building to the ground. Cabarro, Lavert, Temple. Temple, especially in this game, shot really, really well. But they're all playing fantastic basketball, I think. And so 
That started with Overt, who obviously played a fantastic game the first time around. He had 15 assists, and I think that continued to some degree in this one because Fred was guarding him initially, and Fred, really, really good. Obviously a fantastic defender, near All-NBA, not sure if he'll be voted on this year, but Levert can still see over him, and the Nets were super active off-ball, back cuts, pin downs, flex screens, all kinds of stuff trying to get open beyond the arc, and Levert doing a great job of finding his shooters. And after the Raptors adjusted and were thoroughly spaced out, Levert and Allen both did a great job of getting to the rim. So they supplied the offense early, and the Raptors were playing catch-up right from the beginning. And that was tough, and something that lasted up until the fourth quarter, basically, when the Raptors finally pulled away. But the Nets, they did come out 26-12, to and then the Raptors responding with a 13-0 run. I think that was mostly on the back of Pascal Siakam's offense. It wasn't Fred Van Vliet's first half. It wasn't even his second half, really. He had a third quarter that was fantastic for him. But in that moment, in that 13-0 run, Pascal Siakam punching the gaps of the Nets' defense, able to use his size and agility to get to the bucket because Allen was roaming, no longer dropped deep and always waiting in help side. So Pascal finding the gaps, being able to get to his own offense, driving the Raptors for at least a moment. But the Nets, at least in this game, a fantastic job of counter-punching. They were very creative on offense, I would say, and Levert was super, super effortless. He kept working always trying to find angles for passing lanes, always stirring up the Raptors' defense, and never quit the the Nets' defense until the fourth quarter where they hardly scored at all. The first three quarters, they always had a counterpunch. They never got too stagnant. They were always moving, just a bunch of players who could make good reads, were looking for their own shot, could spot up, could back cut, could you know take it to the hoop. And you have Jared Allen and Karis LeVert operating as their, their two pillars of their offense within that. And so... With Gasol's failings on offense and his failings on defense because he wasn't very good at navigating the pick and roll defensively. In these first two games, he hasn't really been. Karis LeVert, I think, has done a fantastic job of reading Gasol's hips, reading his feet, and identifying when that law pass should go up, when that pocket pass is available to Jared Allen. And once they were spaced out, they were able to get to the bucket, as I said earlier. And Gasol not doing anything offensively. So Ibaka comes in and Ibaka much, much better at flexing his muscles offensively. Although not significantly better defensively, the Nets were finding their shots with regularity, I would say. But offensively, if we want to talk about what saved the Raptors, I think it was Norm Powell who didn't have his normal type of regular season performance, which were awesome performances I should say which were great and super fun to watch this year where he was near 40% from downtown and you could count on him hitting anywhere from like two to four triples in a game if he was having a real like a real heater you could expect around six or even seven if things were getting really crazy with Norm but in this game only hitting one triple doing all of his work as a weak side attacker coming off curling off of pin downs or pushing in transition and his finishing at the rim was markedly improved from where it's been a lot of the time in the bubble. It looks like he's recaptured. He's got such a nice pace. He's such a quick player, and he's got a rapid first step. So when he can beat the help side to the glass, he does so. But he has those nice little one-two side steps that he counters with. He does have that little baby floater, and he can finish with both hands. And he, he brought it all out in this one, honestly. He was fantastic punching the gaps and finding and he did use that term I wonder if he's been reading me because I use that term a lot punching gaps but he said that in his post game um, little conference or interview that he had so 
let's let's get this going. Norm Powell, Reed Sampson, folk. But regardless, punching gaps, bringing a lot of punch, bringing a lot of juice and energy to the Raptors' offense, especially off the dribble stuff where the Raptors were a little bit stagnant from time to time. And that that was a big development at the end of the first and the I would say the full second quarter where both teams there was a bit of a screech in the game because the game was so fast with how many threes were going up initially. And then the second quarter, both defenses sort of started to figure each other out. And the Raptors, they brought it back within close. They went in trailing by three at halftime, which was pretty good, all things considered, because they were down 14 in the first quarter. That's a big deficit, and you have to crawl back in these NBA games. It doesn't all come at once. And to start the second half, the Raptors, Lowry just pulls up out of the pick and roll for a triple right away. And you start to think like, okay, we've seen the Nets. We've seen their best punch. We've seen their best shot. The Raptors are going to start to pull away now. But that wasn't the case. They kept playing that super aggressive defense on Gasol, switching liberally up top, and really punishing the Raptors, honestly, for their lack of offense and what they weren't able to do with Gasol. So they're fronting sometimes or just, I mean, Nick Nurse in his post-game conference, his post-game interview, I should say, he was really upset at how Gasol was officiated. He thought that the Nets got away with a lot. That that might be true. There definitely was really aggressive defense on their behalf, but we see that from guys like Van Vliet and Lowry all the time too. The Raptors, very famous for their really rough defense from their guards, those dig-ins, that type of stuff. So I wonder how that'll work out the rest of the series, if Gasol will be able to find his way or if the refs will punish the Nets going forward for that type of defense. But as I said, in this game, it really worked for the Nets. They played super aggressive. They broke off a 10-0 run right after the Raptors had equaled things. And it was like, oh my God, what's happening here? But that's kind of where Fred Van Vliet put the cape on. He pushed in transition. He got a layup in traffic in the half court. He was hitting spot-up threes. He was hitting pull-up threes. Really pushed the Raptors back into it. It was... And it it was great to watch, and the Raptors mixed that in. They started flashing zone defensively, and impressive zone, not the type of zone where you're always getting cuts behind and getting beat behind, or, you know, the shell collapses on one side and you get a wide-open three, but a harmonious, amoebic, moving, symbiotic shell that the defense had created the zone, and, and playing pretty well, honestly, and that helped them get back into things. But the Nets still really creative offensively, still hitting difficult shots, still making the right passes. I think they play a very fun brand of basketball. Like the Nets are objectively a really fun team. And Levert's motor and engine to keep that creation going, at least in these first two games, has been really, really impressive. So the Nets, they just kept pushing and they punished the Raptors when the Raptors would make a misstep defensively. And the Raptors were down six heading into the fourth. So not as easy as I might have expected. I mean, I had notes that said, okay, the Raptors are probably going to take this thing over in the second half. I didn't know we'd have to wait till the fourth quarter. But I think a lot of that had to do with Nurse kind of doing away with the center position in this one. He went with Pascal and OG in the front court towards the end of the game. And that's where the Raptors really closed things out. And that was great to see. Powell getting matched up against Jared Allen on occasion on offense because the Nets, they did not bend to the Raptors' small ball whims. They still wanted to keep Allen out there. So he was defending in space against a guy like Powell where Van Vliet couldn't really take advantage of Allen. Like he doesn't have the same speed that Powell does or the size for that matter. 
Powell definitely could. So when Allen was trapped out there, Powell just drives right by him in for a thunderous dunk. OG Ananobi had a super impressive stretch of play wherein he should have gotten, like, Rodian's Kurix completely smashed him in the face with his shoulder in what looked like a body check. And just the his body language before and after made it look like it was premeditated, although he didn't get a flagrant. But after that, OG had a dunk, had a nice... Well, he just attacked the lane with reckless abandon, drew free throws, made both of them, which was a weird thing in this game. The Raptors shot horrible from the line, and I mean really terrible. But OG asserting himself offensively, and that was nice to see because he was really quiet on the offensive end. His shot making, not really up to snuff in this one, but his defense overall in this game, very, very impressive. And I think what sealed it for the Raptors and what allowed them to pull away was their defense, and I think that was largely to do with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, and they really did a great job of neutralizing the the downhill pick and roll for Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. They did a fantastic job. It was really nice to see them both kind of negotiate that middle space where LeVert was either giving those little pocket passes or lobs to Allen, or if he was going to take the shot himself, putting up a floater, and he is good. He's great in that mid-range. He can get to his shot a lot of the times, and he's good in there. I know he shot 5 for 22 from the floor, but those 11 assists, they speak loud, and he was a minus 3 in a game that they lost by 5. A game against the Raptors in which he played almost exclusively against the Raptors starters. Super impressive. Levert was helping the Nets win those minutes, even though he wasn't making all of his shots. And Jared Allen was a god darn plus nine. Super impressive game from him. But as I said, Siakam and OG, I think really helping lock that down. Just a great middle of the defense, and the Raptors were aggressive elsewhere. Norman Powell, I think, with some of his most inspired one-on-one defense that we've seen this year, he hasn't been known for his defense this year. He's been an absolute heat pump offensively. But he's not the same defender, typically, as we saw against, let's say, Paul George in that that series, that first-round series against Indiana. But I thought he had some really nice defensive stretches. But spanning like the last four minutes of the game where the Raptors had gotten the lead and needed to keep it, Powell, I think, scored eight of the last, I believe, 11 points. Lowry had an end-one layup that was really strong and you just knew he was going to muscle it into the bucket he came down the right side of the lane super tough in there we all know how strong Lowry is and but Powell including the steal at the end to really put this thing away because Harris made a really nice triple to bring it within three 102 to 99 Powell got the steal and the dunk and it was everybody could breathe but wow what a game the Raptors I think they took one of the Nets best punches they did a fantastic job of responding All the credit to the Nets, especially if they would have won this. I think they played an incredibly unique brand of defense. That style was... It was cool to see a team adjust so radically from what they usually like to do and to do it well. And the Raptors took that punch right on the chin and kept going. Kind of like a a fighter. You have to be able to take a punch. Otherwise, you can't really fight. And we've seen that with the Bucks and the Lakers. They both have to respond. The Raptors already showing they can within the game. So... Super fun to see 104.99 and the Reggie Evans award. I would like to see it go to one Mr. Pascal Siakam. I thought he was fantastic. His defense really made me happy all game, whether it was the Raptors using him to completely stall out Levert's offense in the first half, which he did. He really helped slow down the offense when he was switched on Levert. That length he brought 
completely interrupted the way that Levert liked to pass and create. And also, Levert settled into some bad shots as soon as he was on him. He wasn't able to snake in the lane and make shots over Fred Van Vliet or find passing lanes over top of him. And in the second half, just guarding those pick-and-roll actions and being a deterrent towards the rim. I mean, OG Ananobi might have been the best rim defender on the Raptors in this game, but Pascal Siakam, if not first, was a close second. And he was rangy on the perimeter. I thought he was fantastic on defense and had some big rebounds towards the end of the game. I was really happy with his performance. The Mitchell Robinson Award, which goes to the villain of the game, usually on the other team, obviously Rodion's Kuroks. If you get a motion out of OG, who told him, like, hey, what the F, what the F, what the F, three times, was very visibly upset. You got to be on some villain stuff to do that to OG Ananobi, who is usually very, very stoic. The top quick reaction comment from Totes Potato, quote, Clippers and Raptors contenders, dot, 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 everyone else pretenders, end quote. Yeah, it has seemed like that way because the Lakers were seen as contenders, although I never really saw them. Like, they've been a fantastic team, although without any guard creation, I thought it would always be kind of difficult for them. I don't know if they're pretenders because they they still could get to the finals. You know, I think the Raptors would beat the Lakers in the finals. I'm not super sure about the Clippers, just the two-headed dragon of Kawhi and PG is really, really tough. I mean, we'll see if that happens. The Bucks, I still believe in a little bit, although depending on how they bounce back, because they got trounced by the Magic, and the Magic didn't have Isaac or Gordon. Like, I know the Raptors lost game one last year, but the Raptors lost on a last-second shot in a game where DJ Augustine had 25, Kyle Lowry had zero, and two former Defensive Player of the Year nominees, Kawhi Leonard and Marcus Gasol, screwed up a rotation. Because Gasol was dropping all game, and Kawhi should have crawled over top, but Kawhi acted as if Gasol was going to hedge, but that wasn't what they were doing all game. And then Augustine hit a three. It just, and then they smacked him the rest of the four games. So it really depends how the Bucks respond. But I don't think the Heat are a super big deal. I like Boston a lot. I think the Raptors can beat Boston, but I think Boston could have a shot at everything, especially if the Lakers and the Bucks don't look as good, I think that means good things for Boston. Although it's tough titties that they're on the same side of the bracket as the Raptors because I think the Raptors are better. But yeah, I think you asserting that the Clippers and Raptors look the best, I agree 100%. That's uh, factual to me. Those two teams definitely look the best. But thank you for tuning in. That's it for me. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, I've been Samson Folk. Have a blessed day and goodbye. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.